Welcome back to the Around Georgia podcast. We're going to talk about the storm that landed in Columbia, South Carolina. It wasn't the sandstorm that the Gamecock fans are hoping for. No, it was brought on by the dogs, and it was over by the end of the first quarter. What a game for the dogs. That was absolutely incredible. It was, but I felt, I felt a little bit guilty during that game, and you know why? Oh, why? Because, so, full disclosure, I watched the first half from Buffalo Wild Wings, okay? Okay. And so, I'm watching us play South Carolina while I'm eating... Uh, buffalo wings. So oh, I'm eating, I'm eating chicken. You're eating it's kind of like it's kind of hey. like if you grill a steak on your grill in the backyard. That's right. And there's like a pasture, like a cow pasture, and they're just looking. They're at just you. and they're they're you're wondering if it's their brother. You know what I mean? I should have brought fried chicken into the stadium to eat during the game. <laughs> uh, I'm, and we'll get into all this in just a minute. I'm going to tell you about the atmosphere, what it was like there in Columbia at Williams Rice Stadium. It was my first time going to an away game for the dogs. Uh, absolute blast. So we'll get into all that in just a second. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. How many people did you watch, whether on ESPN, whether it's SEC Network, uh, Fox Sports, how many people did you – like, I feel like it was regularly said that, oh, Georgia better look out for South Carolina. That's a trap game. They're going to they're lose that one. A lot of people pick South Carolina as a Georgia loss. Yeah. I I don't know what version of Spencer Rattler they've seen. He didn't. I mean, obviously he's a better football player than either one of us, and I'll give him that <laughs> trophy every day. I but, could have scored just as many points as he did against that Georgia defense. Yeah, zero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. South Carolina didn't but score until they put I, it back. I wasn't. I wasn't very impressed. Never he was at Oklahoma. No. And you know, just nothing really changed. A good friend of mine uh, was was texting me during the game. And uh, we were talking about Spencer Rattler compared to the other quarterback, opposing quarterback play that we've seen so far this season. Bo Nix is better than Spencer Rattler. I don't know if, how many stats you kept up with this week, but yeah, but Oregon played BYU and they had him at, in Oregon. You know they had him yeah. at home, whatever. But he went absolutely off. Don't know what kind of stats he hit. I know he hit. I want to say three hundred ish yards, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was he was well, up there. Bo Nix put he, three on the board against Georgia. Right. I mean, that's more than zero, regardless. Yeah. And uh, so, and he and they look good. So, yeah. Oregon, Oregon's looking a whole lot better than uh, a lot of people are giving them credit for at this point. It makes our win look a lot more impressive. It's earning its value. It is. Earning its value. Yes, for sure. So, uh, of course, I, I went to the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible time there. I, I've never been to an away game for the Dogs. And so, it was really, really a neat experience. And when I was telling people that I was going to go – over and over again, I just kept hearing, you're going to regret it. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be hot. And, and, and you know, the atmosphere, it, it's it's kind of rough. And, and South Carolina could pull this up. That's the kind of stuff that I'm getting from, from other Georgia fans. And I'm just kind of like, man, I don't, I don't know. Like, am I, am I making a mistake? And so I'm looking at the forecast, right, because I'm like, all right, if, if, it's, if it's hot and I'm going to be miserable, like, I don't know about this. And so uh, 85 was the high for the day. And about 60 was the low. So I was like, okay, all right, it's going to be all right. So Dad and I jump in the car, and we go down there. And I kid you not, I, I the South Carolina road system is the armpit of the United States of America. Oh, yeah. Would you agree? Well, they they don't pay anywhere near the same sales tax we do in the state of Georgia, and it shows. Because <laughs> that yes. goes directly to your... So I, it, it was absolutely... Absolutely uh, awful, and so of course we sat in traffic for an hour, mm-hmm. an, an hour, mm-hmm. waiting on it to move, and so that was that was pretty frustrating. I thought we were going to miss kickoff there for a second, but we finally got going. 
finally got to the game, parked two miles from the stadium in a random, sketchy back alley parking lot that did not have uh, any, you know, no parking signs or we won't tell you. So it was free. But that was a walk. <laughs> that was a Oh, you walk. guys walked that whole We walked to the stadium. No buses? And walked back. Uh, there were some, but we didn't We didn't see any. So, um, yeah, it was it was a walk. So sure. we uh, get down the road. We walk to the stadium, and we're walking past some Georgia fans, and you're hearing people yelling, go dogs and stuff. And, and we walk into the stadium, and they're all yelling, you know, go Gamecocks and all this stuff, and, and they're getting um, excited about the game. And then we get to our seats. And when we get to our seats, the, I, I immediately looked at the student section. I, I wanted to compare it, you know, all right, I've been to some ACC games. I've been to a game, I've been to several games at Carter-Finley Stadium and at North Carolina State. I've been to several games at, uh, or not several games, but I've been to a game at Duke, the, the Duke-Miami game. And I'm just not going to lie, their, their football atmosphere, all right, NC State's is okay. Uh, Duke's? was more like, I mean, I've seen more hype high school football games. I'm just going to say it like it is, and I don't know. Like, that was in 2017. Uh, The NC State games I went to, I mean, I was at an NC State-Florida State game. The fans brought it. The student section was lacking. Um, It's like they they didn't fill up until, uh, really, they didn't fill up. It was a ranked matchup, which is a rarity for NC State in 2016, and, and the stadium just never really got completely full. So I was a little underwhelmed, but it was not too much of a letdown. It was a pretty intense and, and loud crowd. So I'm expecting it to be what I see at Georgia games, right? Like, Georgia plays, uh, I'm forgetting who we played week one already. Sanford. Uh, we played Sanford at home, and, and the students are sprinting into the student section. That, that was week two. Week two. Yes. Home, first home game. Yes. Students yes. are sprinting into the student section. Sprinting. For a cupcake. For Sanford. For a cupcake. Sanford. And so we we sprint into the student section. It's packed out by game time for Sanford. And so I thought, oh, well, the number one Georgia Bulldogs are coming into the and, you know, are rolling into Williams Bryce, that their students are going to show up. I look at their student section, and it ain't even 75% full. Right. And this is about 20 minutes to kick off. Well, and Shane Beamer is basically starting over fresh. He is. You know, he's, he's drained, got a lot of work at him. He, he does, and, and he, he essentially drained the swamp. All the personnel, the coaches, trainers, all these guys who were involved with South Carolina's football program up until the beginning of last season is essentially gone. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he kept maybe a few guys, but overall, I'd probably say 90% of the staff is completely new, and so they're in the, they're at the beginning of rebuild. And so what comes with that is it's just like Kirby's first year. You know, I was I was personally at the game his first season. We were talking about this earlier when we lost to Vandy at home. You know, we lost to Tennessee at home. The hell, lost Mary, to Georgia Tech at home. Georgia Tech at home. I was at all three of those games. Yeah, and uh, and that was Kirby's first year, and and it's it's really easy to get negative. During the beginning of that rebuild, sure. and, and to to kind of be pretty pessimistic about what the future holds, but you just you hang in there, and you tough it out, and say you know th- this is just kind of growing pains that you go through when you're trying sure. to you're trying to reinvent your program and and and, and give it a, a different identity than what it's had before. So, so we we walk into the stadium. Of course, the student section nowhere near being full. Mm-hmm. Um, it filled up 
about 90, 95%, about halfway through the first quarter. But, of course, by the end, the game was already 14 nothing. I mean, it, Georgia really did a good job of just putting them away early. And mm-hmm. it was no, for starters, it was no huge plays. It was just doing what we're doing and averaging over 10 yards per attempt for Stetson Bennett and, and, and just absolutely shoving it down their throats, getting to the goal line and scoring. Um, we did that in the first half. Every single, I don't think we punted in the first half. I'm pretty sure we had four drives. We scored on all of them. And uh, one was a field goal, though. And so uh, by halftime, the students are already checking out. They're already leaving. Uh, Of course, you know, when South Carolina ran onto the field, it was a little underwhelming. When they unveiled the chicken dancing there on the 50-yard line during the intro, I'm not going to lie, I laughed. Um, It was just, it was... It was pretty stupid. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, and I hate to just bash on their tradition. People probably bash on Georgia's, but Georgia's you're you're hearing Larry Munson talking over a video of Georgia winning multiple national championships, and you're seeing them carry Vince Dooley. You're seeing Herschel Walker running over people, and the crowd's going boom. You know, it's so cool. All those moments, um, and now you're seeing at the end of that video, you know, you're seeing Kirby Smart lifting up the college football playoff national championship trophy. This is the kind of stuff you're seeing. So I went from that a week ago to this past weekend, seeing a chicken unveiled on the 50-yard line, dancing. I laughed. I mean, I'm sorry. And they have two banners up in their stadium. And I think I was telling you this. One was, I believe it was 1969, and they won the ACC championship. Like, congratulations, South Carolina, on that one. The other banner, 2010 SEC East champions not even sec champions and so uh pretty pretty underwhelming pretty sad situation there in columbia south carolina no not a whole lot of tradition not a whole lot of um stuff to really be proud of in the past as a football program and so i mean obviously they've had some incredible talent come through south carolina some great games some great historic moments in williams Bryce stadium they really don't pay tribute to any of them and so I, i thought that that was kind of Odd, like I expected to see this warm-up video where I see, um, what is it, Clowney hitting that uh, Michigan running back, knocking his helmet off in the backfield during that bowl game. Like, that was it the Outback Bowl in like 2010 or something like that? Yeah, like, that was that same year. Yeah, and so uh, seeing something like that, that's what I was expecting to see. There's, there's no tradition at all. If their tradition is unveiling a chicken at midfield, I'm While playing sorry. Space Odyssey. While, yes. <laughs> like, that was just, it was laughable, to say the least. And so they run onto the field. They've got fireworks going off, flames coming out uh, of there. And that's that's pretty neat. But I was kind of, it was kind of a weird point. And I showed you the video, Josh, and you agreed. It was a weird place for them to kind of run out. Um, then the dogs ran out, and, and it was over. <laughs> when, when Kirby yeah. stepped onto the field, it, it ended quick. Yeah. But, you know, going back to kind of the, the gist of what happened in the game, you know who absolutely went off? My man, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers. You tell me. Okay, here's a, here's a question. Anybody listening, absolutely reach out to one of us, Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform that you're on following us with. Um, you tell me what tight end. Okay, even further. You tell me what wide receiver. In college football, power five, non-power five, in college football, who is better than Brock Bowers? Who you would rather have on your team over Brock Bowers? 
There's none. No, I don't, I don't I'm not even talking about tight ends. I'm talking yeah. about receivers. If you Any have pass catcher, if you have a pass catcher, who's yeah. better, you tell me who it is. Yeah. Because I I think that the thing is we have Brock Bowers and we have um, Darnell Washington and then we have Lad McConkey. We have three guys who would start on any team, including Alabama, who would start. And they're all tight ends. And tight ends is yeah. is, 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 is it's like a Swiss Army knife of football players because you have a pass blocker, you have a run blocker. And I'm not talking about the pass blocking, the run blocking, the yeah. wide receivers do. I'm talking about you have a big 230, 40, 50-pound guy at the minimum who can block linebackers, SEC linebackers, consistently – who can also sprint down the field and catch a pass 40 yards downfield. So to have a three tight ends that are as talented, this is the most talented tight end room that I have seen in my lifetime at Georgia. Absolutely. And it's not close. And, and let's just go ahead and put this out there. I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who said it. I agree wholeheartedly. Brock Bowers is to the tight end position what Herschel Walker was to the running back position at the University of Georgia. Would you not agree that Brock Bowers is the greatest tight end to ever come through the University of Georgia. I would say, I mean, you'd have to definitely do some digging on that, but I would say off the cuff, absolutely. I mean, I just said he's... Shouldn't we be able to name one right off yeah, the top of our heads if, he, if, there, if, was he, one if there was one that was better? Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, Brock Bowers is the best tight end to come through the University of Georgia. And, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm thinking that he is going to be that, that Heisman Trophy contender, that guy who can yeah. come in, make the big play. He had three plays in particular I want to bring up and talk about. There was one pass that Stetson had rolled out, and he's trying to extend the play as long as he possibly can. He throws it almost at Brock's feet, and he picks it up off the ground. I mean, not off the ground, but yeah, about as close as he can, and he gets about six yards out of that play. One of those where you turn uh, you know, nothing into something, or you mm-hmm. turn what was about to be a negative play into something, or you turn what should have been just Stetson getting rid of the ball into something, which right. was impressive. There right. was another play, Brock Bowers tiptoe catch in the end zone. Dude, this is where this is one thing I didn't like about about Williams Bryce. I could not see, I could not see that corner of the end zone. It was right beneath me, and, and the deck and that I, the deck that I was sitting in, I couldn't see, and so I had to watch it on the screen. That was kind of frustrating. I saw him go up. I saw it hit his hands, and then he disappeared. And I was like, Did he catch it? And I heard the Georgia crowd get loud, and so I assumed that he did, and he did. I saw the replay. They only showed the replay once, um, and then uh, of course. The the seventy something yard pr- uh, play that he broke to the end zone. Yep. He breaks he breaks a tackle, uh, sheds another guy, sprints to the end zone. Mm-hmm. He was running away from me on that play, and I, I just remember as soon as he broke the first tackle, I knew right. he's gone. Like there's no one that's going to catch him. Absolutely, and he can turn on Jets just like McConkey. I mean, we got McConkey returning kicks. Exactly, and uh, I mean the, these guys. Darnell Washington's over there. He's Ten foot eight inches tall and four hundred pounds, <laughs> and he's over here hurdling guys. people up and hurdling them and and just absolutely trucking them. Yeah, and so the, to to have the amount of talent that we have, have you seen that picture that went around there for a while? Uh, I think it was Mac Jones in his final. Or I'm sorry, was it Mac Jones? I think it was. It was Mac Jones's year at um, Alabama, the COVID year, that was senior year, all that stuff. The quarterback room at Alabama, whenever he first came to the university, it was in the quarterback room. It was Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones. All three of those guys won the Heisman. Yeah. Okay. Mac Jones didn't win the Heisman. 
His wide receiver. What's his wide receiver? Uh, he won the Heisman. Mac Jones might have been a Heisman final. He was a final. Okay, so okay, so I misspoke. I did not say that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he was. They were all three finalists. Yeah. And I'm they were. On his and team. who was his wide receiver? Uh, I can see him the now. The one that caught the touchdown pass against us um, in the championship game. Oh my goodness. This is I can awful. I can I, I can literally I can literally see him. I well, see him. we don't remember unimportant people. You know what I mean? If you're not wearing red and black, then either way, they they were we're getting off topic. <laughs> here. They were <laughs> they were they were they were all three Heisman finalists, and they were all three national championship winners. Sure. And so you hear all the time about oh look at this quarterback room. That's the greatest quarterback room. Fine, that was probably the greatest quarterback room at least in my lifetime. Yeah. Jalen Hurts didn't. I don't think he was ever a Heisman finalist. But he won a national championship. He did. And look what he's doing in the NFL. He did, but he was, remember. He, he was, was a backup, and then he came in, and he beat Georgia. For an SEC championship in the year that. They won the national championship later. Correct? They got blown out by Clemson. That was the year they got blown out by Clemson. Jalen Hurts was getting beat by Georgia and so, got bailed out by Tua. So, so, so Jalen didn't do as So the much. amount, but think about Still, it. Still, though, three the, the NFL, amount of talent, three, three NFL, three highly touted. Yeah, they're all they're all three starting right now. And they all just won this weekend. Yeah, Jalen's with Philly, Tua's with Miami, and Mac Jones with New England. So they're all you're talking about NFL, excuse me, NFL starting quarterbacks, talented, and so these guys you always hear about how good that quarterback room was. This tight end room is the equivalent of that quarterback room. But the thing I is, agree. the thing is, the difference between that quarterback room and this tight end room is all three of these guys can essentially be on the field at the same and they're, time. They're contributing at the same time. At the, the same, same time, those same guys year. are just three separate ways. Absolutely. So, but uh, but but I, I think that the future is bright with these guys. They're all young. Um, I think Darnell is the oldest of the bunch. I'm pretty sure. I think he's a junior. Is that is that right? Uh, I don't know what year he is, but he's I, been I want to say he's an upperclassman, much, much longer than right. Yeah, at least by years. So. And then and then Lad and uh, Brock Bowers think are sophomores. Both, sure. yeah. Um, but either way, they uh, the future is bright as long as these guys are still at UGA. Uh, we got obviously all these different targets that that Stetson has used uh, as far as wide receivers, new guys coming up, and uh, and and they're they're. Catching the ball and making some plays as well, so we uh, we definitely everyone was so concerned about our defense, mm-hmm. but it's, it's at this point, knock on wood, at this point, you know we're scoring 30, 40 points a game, and so you just need an okay defense. And our defense has been great. I'm not yeah. taking anything away from the defense. You know we we but we're saying if our defense if our defense was test, average, yeah, I think our offense could bail yeah. them out. Last year it was the other way around. You know what I mean? The, the majority yeah. of the season, it felt like our offense was average and our defense was elite, and they bailed yeah. them out. Our offense, let's, don't get us wrong. It, It'll year, get we, tested. We got above average. Yes. This year, I, can you think of a defense that will truly test our offense this year? In the regular, In the regular season, season? I cannot. Um, I could, Florida always gives us fits because it's rivalry. It's just like Auburn and Alabama. But if Alabama's see, way better than Auburn, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just something about its rivalries. See, we struggled with our offense in 2019. You remember that season? We just couldn't score on anybody. Yeah. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was okay because we weren't giving up points. We still scored 36 we, on and we Florida. Beat, Florida right that year. beat them like 36 to like 12. I mean, it was something like that to like 17 or something right. like that. Yeah, we, we ran away – from them right. uh, in that game, 
And so I, I just I, I think that I don't think Florida has anything for us. The, but the only the only other team I would think of everyone talks about Tennessee circles Tennessee, um, but um, Kentucky I think could be something that could be an issue as well, uh, and uh, and we could definitely have a have a fit with them if we don't bring our A game. But that's just playing the SEC. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And we so. just gotta. We just got to show up with that same mentality that we had against South Carolina and Oregon yep. of, yep. hey, look, this is uh, supposedly a good team that if we let hang around, then it's going to be tough. Don't let them hang around. Right. And it's like, I'll never forget after Stetson ran in, he ended up getting called back. It was in the, at the end of the first quarter, and he ran in that touchdown. Diving for the pile. Diving for the pile. He ended up coming back, getting called back, whatever. But he had just, at the time, they were still reviewing it, and he had just scored a touchdown. And, you know, everybody's high five is celebrating, attaboys all around, all this stuff. Who goes back to Kirby? Kirby is absolutely giving them an earful. That, that's what they call the Nick Saban mentality mm-hmm. of never being good enough because you don't ever want to be good enough because that's when you become complacent. That's when you lost the guys. That's when you get beat. You know why he got an earful? I guarantee you. Because when he switched hands and what they initially were reviewing, it looked like it was going to be a touchback. It looks like he could have fumbled it through the end zone. Through the end zone. Um, obviously, he didn't. He had stepped out of bounds first anyways. But, uh, yeah, it was a little sketch. I'm not going to lie. And when we were watching the replay, we were like, oh, man, I hope he didn't let go of it. Yeah. You got those Tennessee vibes. You remember that yeah. overtime game against Tennessee? Yeah. They fumble it through the end zone and touch back. We kicked the field goal and win. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. But uh, I, I think I don't really – and I'm looking at the schedule, and I don't see – I think our biggest challenge this year – if if we've got two, then 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 Kentucky is one of them, and would be the other one. But our biggest challenge this year is going to be Tennessee at home. Tennessee has been playing their lights out, and and, and we're just going ahead and throwing this out there. So we're both about to call some upsets. Both about to call some upsets, and then we're going to give you our score predictions for Georgia Kent State this weekend. Um, so or as we ahead. like to call it, Georgia and me State. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> So here's here's a predicted. Uh, so Josh, we we both looked at the schedule for Alabama for the rest of the season. We both picked a team to upset them because so Alabama's going to be who we're going to face from the West. Everybody knows right. that. That's who that's we're right. going to face. Um, who beats them? By how much, and why? So am I? Do I have to narrow it down to specifically one? Give, give me the team that that I mean. The team that I see the most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Arkansas beats Alabama. All right, so tell me about how much and tell me what you see in Arkansas that that narrowly, narrowly beat Missouri State at home this weekend. So Arkansas is – the West is worse now than it's been in a long time. Agreed. The East is way better than the West. When was the last time that we saw the SEC East better than the West? Five, six, seven years, probably at least. Uh, probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when Florida was so those so over ten years, about fifteen, fifteen yeah. years, right? And so I think that, with that being said, every team in the East plays each other, sure. plus two teams from the West, and vice versa. Every team in the West plays right. And so, with Alabama, the, the only the only East teams that they're going to play is Tennessee, like they do every year. I don't even. I can't even remember who the other team is that they play this year. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. <laughs> I'm talking about real I believe, teams. I believe Vanderbilt. Um, so neither one of those are going to be a, a issue. If anybody's going to be the SEC school, they play Vanderbilt this Saturday. That's right. Yeah. If anybody's going to be the SEC school, it's going to be another SEC school, more than likely. 
Not always, but more than likely. Unless you're Auburn and Penn State blows you out at home. But either way. <laughs> either way. Embarrassing. Um, I think that Arkansas could give Alabama fits because uh, K.J. Jefferson okay. is the best quarterback in the SEC who's not named Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett. So, he's better, and you're going to have to forgive me again for forgetting his name, but the Mississippi State quarterback yes. has looked sharp this far. Leads the SEC. Talk about Will uh, Rogers. Will Rogers leads the SEC in uh, passing yards. I'm, okay, so whenever I say good quarterback, I'm not necessarily talking about stat-wise. I'm talking about who, Smart, can, who is a playmaker. Okay, all right. Who can – because in, to, in today's right in today's world in college football, you have to be dual threat. That's the way it's moving towards. Yeah, and uh, the days of statues, Tom Brady's, Drew Brees's, guys like and let's that. Let's just be real. Let's just go ahead and throw it out there. Right, uh, JT Daniels, like statue, great, but a statue. Right, exactly. And uh, and I just think that KJ Jefferson gives Arkansas a good opportunity. Is that Arkansas? I'm pretty sure it has him at home. They do. Uh, so, they do. so so they'll have home field advantage. That place is going to be thumping. It's going to be loud at that point. Uh, Arkansas is a top ten team. Uh, they they put up almost as many against South Carolina as we did. Uh, they gave up thirty. Yes, yeah, so their defense can be questionable. Uh, I just I, I think that if there is anybody who's going to beat Alabama in the regular season, they have the best shot. Just barely above Ole Miss. I could see I could see them squeaking by and beating Alabama by say say two field goals maybe six something like that maybe a touchdown Alabama, one possession. So you think Alabama maybe has the ball at the end and Arkansas has to finish it on defense that type of thing something like back, that or or, or Arkansas yeah. is able to drive down the field to have the, if they have the ball control if, Ar- if Arkansas has the ball last late in the fourth quarter then they win yeah yeah so that's what I say all right um, who do you say. All right, so so my prediction, I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I do think that Arkansas could be a trap game for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because Texas was a trap game for Alabama. If Texas is going to be a trap game for you, then you – I mean, let's just go ahead and face it. Vandy might could be – okay, too far. Too far, Kent. No, Texas, uh, <laughs> Texas, Texas is ranked. <laughs> Texas is ranked now, but they, get, they got ranked. This is the first time I've ever seen a team lose a game while they were unranked. And after they lose a game, get ranked. Did you notice they, that they they, they, they were unranked? Game. No, they were unranked when they played against Alabama. And that next and month, and then after they, they lost, yes, they ranked. They, yep. they were ranked. That's right. I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen. Um, well, that that shows this. Then. That shows yeah. what kind of uh, weight hanging with Alabama. Carries. Exactly. All yeah. right. So, um, but here's here's what I'll say. Um. We already talked about an SEC East team mm. that is playing lights out this year. So far, so far, and we gotta, we gotta, you know, control and manage expectations. This team could obliterate halfway through the year and finish six and six, mm. but right now I have no reason to believe they will. In fact, I think that they're a ten and two team, potentially, potentially, and I wow, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, potentially eleven and one. Potentially an eleven and one team that would miss the college football playoff because there would be two twelve and zero SEC teams ahead of them. Who's that? Alabama has to travel into what will likely be a night game, 
in an angry Neyland Stadium yeah. with an offense that is, I'm not going to say the most dangerous, but much more dangerous this year than they have been in a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't paid too much attention to their defense. But they are winning games, and they are winning games good. Right. Alabama better not be sleeping when they go in there. I've got Tennessee by two touchdowns. Yeah, I think that could uh, – I could see something like that happen. I just think Tennessee has a has a pretty high-powered offense. Yeah. Um, like you said, I'm not 100% on uh, – caught up with, uh, with what they're doing on defense just because you don't hear much – uh, about their team other than just how good they are on offense, how many points they put up. I could see that being a trap game as well. Um, I just I, I think that if anybody not named Arkansas is going to beat Alabama this year in the regular season, it's going to be Ole Miss. Because Ole Miss, for some reason, is Nick Saban's kryptonite. If there's anybody not named Auburn who he has struggled with, it's Ole Miss. Um, so, uh, so we could see that getting there. But either way, we uh, we're officially through the quarter at the quarterway point through the season. It's crazy. That's crazy. We just started three and zero, baby. Three and zero. And uh, so, real quick before we let you guys go uh, for this week, you want to do score predictions? All right, score predictions. Uh, Kent State. I've got the dogs on top, and it's not going to be my much. Um, I do think we get another shutout. I just think we keep them out of the the. I was going to say out of the field goal. That makes sense. I think we keep them out of the end zone. Um, and, and I, I think that it'll be um, all right. I'm gonna give them a field goal, forty-one to three, forty-one to three. I don't think we come out and put. I don't think we hang fifty or sixty on them. I think we're gonna be conservative, just like we were against Sanford. We're gonna run the plays that Kirby wants to run, and uh, our defense is gonna play good, forty-one to three over Kent State, and uh, we'll go into the next week ranked number one. Thirty-eight zip, thirty-eight zip. I would say that uh, that would probably be where that one would end at. Uh, I don't see us giving up any points to them, even though we did give up some points at the very end uh, to uh, South Carolina. It uh, they 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 somehow scored on our third third string offense, so um, wasn't too happy about that. But uh, but I definitely think that uh, that we can keep uh, Kent stay out of the end zone, and uh, we uh, we should be able to keep them out and go on to the uh, SEC play after that and uh, get back to the good game. gonna go ahead and uh and call it for this week uh stay tuned and uh you guys will see in a a few weeks we have a special guest who's going to be a part of this uh this podcast uh for a week uh probably sometime in late october but we'll give you guys a little bit more details to get a little bit closer uh we definitely are going to see some uh you're going to hear some uh voices of some uh familiar faces uh, we'll put it that way. We don't want to give too much away because it will be a surprise. Uh, but either way, just stay tuned uh, next week for some more details, and uh, we'll get you guys uh, get you guys plugged into what's going on with us uh, coming up soon. Go dogs!